Anna here. Now, are you an entrepreneur who wants to write and publish a book about your own failures turned successes? Well, good news. That's what my company, Legacy Launchpad, does. Find out more at LegacyLaunchpadPub.com. That's LegacyLaunchpadPub.com. Now, should you do a book, you ask? I think so. Why? Because you're worth it. Now back to the show. Now, the best books are made up of stories. And let's face it, the best stories are about bouncing back from failure. I'm Anna David, obsessed with books, a New York Times bestselling author and the CEO of Legacy Launchpad Publishing. And I only achieved those things because I picked myself up again after failing and found my way to success. And that makes me uniquely qualified to get the best stories about failure and success out of other people. Failure is always a learning experience. So after six months, I told him that I Googled sociopath and he had all of the symptoms and I found myself out of job. At that time, it was supposed to be a side hustle. Well, the side hustle started to make far more money than the real hustle. So I, after six months, I, I quit my job. Welcome to Fail Your Way to Success. Welcome to the podcast that did believe in failure until I just did the interview with my guest today. That's not true. I still believe in failure, but my guest today does not. My name is Anna David. I am an, a queen of failure, having experienced many uh, that have turned into successes, which is exactly what I talked to my guest about. Um, he is one of a kind. You are in for a treat today. Uh, you're always in for a treat, but you're in it for a different tre- kind of treat today. His name is Justin Breen. His his mission in life is to connect visionaries to serve humanity. If you don't know what a visionary is, you're about to find out. Uh, he's obsessed with Colby scores. The like that's a personality test. If you don't know what a Colby score is, you're about to find out. Literally, when uh, my friend Mike Koenigs connected me to him, Justin said to me, okay, we'll do a call, but please tell me your Colby score first. Uh, And it turns out he does that with everybody. Um, So he's a former journalist um, turned, a publicist is the wrong word, but uh, kind of next level uh, showing people and, and getting people media attention they deserve. And now he is the co-founder of the Brepic Network, which is a mastermind, um, a group of visionaries that I am in, and I, it has transformed my life. So in this episode, we talk about why he doesn't believe in the word failure, what delusional optimism is, and how when he was making more money than he'd ever made in his life, he was the most miserable he'd ever been. So enough from me. Now I give you Justin Breen. So lucky me, I'm talking to one of my favorite new discoveries in my life. Welcome to the show, Justin. Wow, this will be fun. This will be fun. So Justin, you are more obsessed with Colby scores than than anybody, wouldn't you More say? than Colby. <laughs> more, than Col- <laughs> more than the Colby family, more than the Colby company. Yes, yes. So do you feel weird about the fact that we cannot control the Colby scores of the people listening? No, but now I do because now I'm thinking about that. Yes, I want to oh. control all Colby. <laughs> Will you explain what the what a Colby score is to people listening? Yes. Okay, sure. Um, so I don't 
care what anyone does. I don't care where they live. I don't care about employee account and like nothing. Um, the only thing I write down before I meet someone is their name and then their Colby score. So it's K O L B E.com. Um, a index, uh, it takes 20 minutes, 55 us dollars. And then, um, I only do two things. One spend time with my family, um, or two connect visionaries to serve humanity. Um, and then in Colby number world, overwhelming majority of visionaries are high quick start uh, with little to no follow through. Um, so if they don't hire a bunch of people, it's a total disaster. Um, I'm high quick start and high follow through ultra focused, which is really rare. Um, and then most small businesses, consultants, employees, they're lower quick start, higher follow through, um, waiting for a visionary to give them direction and then they'll follow through on that. So, and, and you can, anybody can take the test by going to like Colby.com or something. Colby.com, A index. Um, so, so let's talk about, well, you do not use the word failure. Tell me about that. I don't even understand. Like, um, I don't, it's confusing to me. Um, that like the, the question I get a lot is like, oh, if you could go back 20 years and change anything, would you? I go, no. I mean, we are, we're all on the path. Um, and then the best paths are created by people that don't make excuses um, or setbacks. They just keep staying on the path. Um, so everything, I guess, negative or disruptive in my life has always been a good good lesson. And then it led to the, the right part of the path. Um, that's all it is. So any obstacle is just a, just a way to find the right path or meet the right person to help you on the path. When you are experiencing an obstacle or what someone else would call a failure, do you <laughs> not even feel disappointed or no, excited? No, it's great. It's actually a good thing. Yeah. Good. thing. Um, Okay, so tell me about some of those great things that, slash uh, disappointments that have occurred in your life. Oh, many. Th okay, so, um, well, it didn't always, I didn't always used to feel like this, but like, so. Um, Wait, question, uh, question. Could you lean back a little bit? The mic's right, I never look, I never look ahead and I have no spatial uh, focus or anything, but I will try. Um, I just see things in space and then just move around. But like, no, so uh, uh, started first company with zero business background after a job salary was cut in half and I couldn't find a job. So zero business background, reach out to 5,000 people to find first five clients. Okay. Well, entrepreneur life, uh, end of 2018, uh, two less than two years into entrepreneur life had made more money in one year than I'd ever thought possible. And I was never more miserable in my life. So I'm like, well, that doesn't make any sense. That's weird. Um, good learning experience. Learned that more money doesn't equal more happiness. Um, um, and then now companies make what much more money, but it, it doesn't really matter per se, um, other than it provides more energy to do more things. But uh, met my wife, um, met my wife almost 20 years ago after a very difficult relationship ended and then met my my wife, we started talking the day I got back home um, from uh, my grandma, uh, seeing my grandma for the last time right before she died. So I got home that night and then started talking to my wife online. 
Um, and then, you know, my parents, they met after my dad was 61. When I was born, my mom was 27. They met after a drunk driver hit my dad and, uh, the drunk driver was killed. My dad broke every bone in his body and survived. And then he woke up and thought he was dead. And, uh, my mom was an angel, but it was my mom. My mom was his nurse. So, I mean, I don't, I mean, just, it's just kind of how I was, how I was born. And I was just born with that story of understanding. No idea about that. That's amazing. Um, and so, and so, do you have siblings? Great question. Um, so I have an older half sister. Uh, I have two younger brothers. Uh, the youngest one uh, passed away from a drug overdose when he was twenty nine. I think. I think he was twenty nine. So that was like uh, he'd be what? How old would he be now? He'd be forty four. 43, something like that. Um, and people like us are usually aliens within our own family community and verticals. Um, only people that understand us are people like us. So my dad was definitely a visionary. Um, he died when I was 13. So he understood me, but everyone else in my family, they just kind of stare. Um, when I was an entrepreneur who happened to be a journalist for 20 years, journalists who are journalists would just stare. Uh, and then starting first company with zero business background was still talking at first couple of years um, to employees or small business owners or consultants. And then most of them would just stare. Um, and then when COVID started, uh, you know, started becoming more global and then uh, just talking like that. I've never stopped talking like this and then just found the people that really understand it and then can elevate it or top entrepreneurs on planet or those that will write the check to become people like that well make no mistake we all still stare thank you <laughs> appreciate that um so so um this this thing about reaching out to five thousand people to get five clients tell me about that how did you who were these five thousand people and was it literally five thousand well great question journalism brain so it was probably more than 5,000. Um, the reason why I say 5,000 to get five is because it's just easier and it's, I'm a simplifier. Um, but at the, so I'll give you the timeline and then answer your question. So February 10th, 2017, be interesting if this released on February 10th, that'd be good karma. But um, so I had job salary cut in half as a journalist. Tried to find a job over the next couple of weeks. Uh, couldn't find a job. Incorporated... Uh, April 16th, 2017, six days after turning 40. Um, and then I was working full-time at half salary um, from approximately April 16th to June 1st. And then uh, at the time, I think I had like 30,000 followers on social media. Um, so reached out to, I mean, frankly, it was over 5,000, but it's just easier to say 5,000. And then, so it was any way possible, LinkedIn, text message, Facebook message, Twitter message. Um, you've got me thinking about this. I remember um, during that time, because I didn't want there to be a conflict of interest between journalism and then starting company. But I remember there was uh, one of the phone calls I had with one of the people that actually did wind up signing um, and I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't even know what PR firms did. So I was just like throwing stuff against the wall. But one of them who signed, 
I was doing an interview with them in my bathroom, uh, bedroom, bathroom. And then like, um, like we had really little kids then they're nine and 11. So they were really little. Then they were like banging on the door to like, <laughs> and I'm like, guys, you gotta stop banging on the door. This is like a really important, really important call. Um, so that wound up being one of the five clients and then got it, got a fifth client, uh, the fifth client on June 1st or June 2nd, then resigned the next day. And then Robert feeder, I don't know if you know him, um, or knew him. He was, um, at the time he was the top media columnist in the Midwest. He did a story. I'd started my own firm. So he's since retired, which is interesting, but that was just the start first company. So most people can't do that. They're not wired like that, but yeah. yeah. By the way, I'm not wired like that. I don't have it in me to reach out. I admire that so much. You would, if you had no choice. Yeah. It's funny. I was thinking about this and this is like a segue. I have a thing. I had it when I was single in dating and I have it now as an entrepreneur. I do not pursue. I must be pursued. And mm -hmm. how much more successful I would be. You're a I pursuer. You're a pursuer. But I'm not. Yes, you I'm, are. The, the reason I hate sales. Before we hit record, you talked about all the people you're pursuing. This is true. But what is the commonality they have? You sent them to me. So they were the original pursuers. And that is why mm. I don't like sales calls. Okay. I hate sales calls. But like, I I hate that somebody is reaching out to me or has been introduced mm -hmm. to me. And yes. that I'm somehow in a position where I'm trying to talk them into doing something that I know would transform their lives. It's so obvious. I right. I get that it. Crazy. You're still pursuing though. Okay. Fair. Fair. So, um, okay. And so why were you miserable when you started making more money than you ever had? Great question. Great journalism, Brian. See why you're good at what you do? Because you can unpack the, the, the trauma within the story. Maybe that's why you like the F word so much, the F-A-I-L-U-R-E. But to me, it's not. But um, so I, the first book I wrote, um, um, which came out right in the middle of COVID. Um, I'm very grateful Chris Voss wrote the forward. And then in that forward, it actually hatched what Repic Network became, which was very interesting. But a book is a key that opens up endless doors. I didn't know the actual key to the second company was in the forward that he wrote. That it was interesting. Huge Chris Voss fan, by the way. He was yeah, on my well, own podcast. Of course, that would make sense. That's logical. The, um, um, and, uh, so one of the chapters in that book is when you start a business or whatever, it takes two full years to figure things out. Um, and at the end of 2018, um, it's still, it's, it'd been like a year and seven or eight months, a year and two thirds, we'll say. And, um, it was really interesting because my wife and I, um, we had, uh, I mean, this is another story, but we became international dating experts, um, which was funny. Um, there was no, there was no like intent to have that happen, but like we were on the today show and, and all these other shows about that. It was really funny, but, um, I didn't know that. Wait, can I just, I don't mean to make this about me. Do you know, I was that too. And I was on the today show talking about of course. dating. That makes perfect sense. That's logical. I, I <laughs> 
I fell into this thing. I wrote a story for Playboy that went the then equivalent of viral. And suddenly I'm on the Today Show and Fox News talking about dating. Um, right. It's how hilarious. Did that, how did that happen with you guys? Um, yeah, and then uh, I will answer your question um, because it, I think the answer to that is more important than us <laughs> being. But um, I disagree. So I, I really, okay. <laughs> we're, we're, we have collaborative disagreements, which I like. I appreciate. Yeah. That. I always like that kind of stuff. The um, that's the key to life: the collaborative disagreement, which creates collaborative agreement. But the uh, <laughs> someone's just keep going down these rabbit holes. But um, okay, so at the start of 2018. Um, uh, I was like, oh, we need to go out once a week without the kids um, because uh, Sarah, our first actual date was the day before she started medical school and then we had children. So you'd never really date a doctor. But so 2018, we had young kids. I'm like, we have to go out once a week without the kids. She's like, we can't do that. I go, no, no, of course we can do it. We'll do it. We'll just do it. No excuses. Get in there. So um, toward the end of that, Mary Schmidt, who also is now uh, retired and she was a is Pulitzer Prize winning columnist for the Tribune. She had been following along on social media. She's like, if you get to the end of it, I'll write a story on it for the Tribune. So she met us for the second to last week, um, 2018. She interviewed us at this restaurant in Evanston, which is a suburb of Chicago. I actually think that restaurant's closed now too, which is also interesting. But so she interviewed us and then the article came out and then the Today Show saw it, and then that's what happens in media, as you know. And then they're like, "Oh, can you can we feature you on the Today Show?" I'm like, "Oh, that's fine. That's fine. No big deal." We uh, actually interviewed. I don't think I've ever shared this, but you're good at this. So um, we interviewed the Steve Harvey Show. Wanted us to be on that too, but they shut down the show. Um, like we did all the pre-interview stuff, but they shut it down. So I think we would have been on that show too, which is hilarious. But wait, um, it was for a year of weekly dates? That 50, was yeah, so there's a website. I think it's 52dates52weeks.com or 52weeks52dates.com. It's still in existence. You can look at that. But okay, yeah, so at the end, so all these great things, right? But I hadn't been an entrepreneur for two years yet. I didn't understand it. And I hadn't gotten used to, ugh, I hate this term, but the, the sales cycle, like I didn't understand that like, Oh wow, you're making 20, 30, 40, 50k a month, but like when when's the next thing coming? Like when's in, so it was like this endless circle. It wasn't a circle. It was like an endless uh, well, it was. It was like a hamster wheel. That's what it felt yeah. like. I didn't understand it yet. So um, but it was very painful, very painful, but very glad I went through that um because I needed to understand that had to understand it to understand what entrepreneur life actually is and what actually made me happy was just hanging out with my family and then talking to connecting people like us. And so, and so it, the, the, the miserable part was the fact that you, you were kind of could never relax. It was constant. Never, never. Yeah. You understand. Yeah. I feel that. I feel that. And, it's, and I wonder with myself, if it's an undercurrent, because I never actively feel it because you do now. The, no, the flow is so good that mm. I never have to stop and go, oh my God, what are we going to do if we don't get clients? Um, but, but when you started, maybe, maybe when you started, I'm a delusional optimist. It's funny oh. because yes. I, so, okay. Keep going. Keep going. So I, my kid's godfather is one of my dearest friends. 
And I said to him, because, you know, parenting has been a huge adjustment. And what I was said, the term you used? Delusional optimist. So um, uh, one of our uh, folks in Brepic Network, Dave Marcinkowski, is a 10 quick start. He says he lives with delusional confidence, delusional confidence. I think that's that my, mine is. Yes. Yeah. So, so I said to my friend, cause you know, parenthood adjusting at this age to this new life has been absolutely beautiful and magical. Of course. And hard, hard. Of course. Of course it's hard. And I said to my friend, Ted, well, it's just so weird because everything comes so easily to me. So I thought it would be easy. And he goes, what are you I talking about? You say that every time. And like, I had a surgery. He's like, do you remember how you said that before your surgery? And the recovery was like, so awful. I'm like, oh my God, I guess I just believe this about myself, but it's not true. Some I mean, things are easy. Like it's in it. It's um, so uh, you certainly don't have to say your age, but my dad was 61 when I was born and he had overcome. Um, so he was born in 1916. So Spanish flu, World War One, depression, World War Two. His parents escaped Russia because they would have been slaughtered in the pogroms. And then they came to America with no nothing. Um, um, and so uh, my dad became attorney in Nuremberg Nazi war crime trials. He was uh, should have been killed many times in World War II, many times. Um, there are uh, diary entries of his writing um, late in World War II in the first chapter of Epic Life. My dad's best friend was killed in a mafia hit. Um, uh, the movie Casino uh, highlights that person, if you've seen that movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, yep, yeah, so. so he had all of that and then had children after, uh, you know, drunk driver hit him and he should have been killed but he wasn't so very grateful to have children so i got all of that wisdom uh maybe age five to 13 when i can remember so i got all that um so i really should be like 80 years old 85 yeah um yeah well you are an old soul yeah um so so yes okay but, but okay back to the f-a-i-l the f word um <laughs> <laughs> so so but you say okay you'd never been more miserable is that a failure no no you were it's a okay. gift it's a gift do, but do you ever get down of course and then what do you do when that happens well i learned that that's okay that's a significant growth opportunity and then um the first thing I do every day now is, uh, uh, I'm not religious at all. I found, um, almost every great visionary does believe in some type of higher power or a North star, um, whatever that is. But the first thing I do every day now, it's from the prayer of Jabez book, but this is the actual prayer. Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory and that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil. Um, I've done that. Like, I don't know month and a half every day um that one that's a great way to start the day but um definitely that's been a magical well magic's not real it's been a man of it and all these things have manifested because of that and definitely don't feel as down but what really lifts me up are conversations like this i mean because yeah. people like us are very hard to find i mean i've spent most of my life you know uh not being alone but like not being understood, which I guess is the same thing. Um, and um, so 
brings me great joy um, and energy and uplifting to have these. I mean, I have five to 10 conversations like this every day, whether or not they're recorded or not. I mean, um, so that's a wonderful thing. And then it's just constantly being in purpose. Um, at end of 2018, I still wasn't in that. I still wasn't fully in my purpose. Um, but you have to go through that stuff to figure out what it is. You have to trim the fat, trim the fat. Um, and, and so Brepic is your, so let's talk about the, the amazing, amazing group you've set up. How many people are in it now? As of this recording, 52. 52 people and not people, definitely not people. Visionaries? Visionaries. They are pure. They're the, so they're the ultimate combination of genius brain with genius hearts. Yeah. And Very rare. You and Mark uh, yeah. decided to start a group yeah. um, for exactly these people. And just like any business, you didn't know what was going to happen. You didn't know if people were going to join. Um, how did you start it? Well, that's a fair question. Um, man, I love that question. So <clears throat> delusional confidence. <laughs> I knew people, I knew this was going to be, I mean, it's just started. It's going to be, I know what it's going to be because delusional confidence, but I, um, I knew cause I know people like us actually want this. They want a higher level of consciousness and, and discussion and collaboration. And as important, if not more important, they do not want to hang out with narcissists, um, genius brains who don't have genius heart. They don't want that. They don't want to hang out with the egomaniacs um, that are acting one way, but they're really not, they're not actually living like that, if that makes sense. Um, um, so there was no doubt in my mind that this would be what it's becoming. Um, but because it's a fair question, um, they're in Gallup. I see the world in numbers and keywords. Um, Gallup Clifton Strength Finders, G A L L U P. There, there are thirty-four of them. Most of the people I talk to are top five in ideation or futuristic. Uh, I'm actually almost dead last in ideation and very low in futuristic, um, and that's a blessing uh, um, because if there is a great idea, uh, I I know it right away that it's great, and then my the top. Five are activator, maximizer, achiever, competition, even though there is no more competition, it's all collaboration, and then responsibility. So, like, I knew this would be a great idea, and then it's activate, maximize, achieve. And that means zero to 20, activate, maximizes 80 to 100, and achieve zero to 100. So, it's like, it'll, I'll never stop doing this. Um, so how it started was, uh, it, it I was driving, and then I saw what. This is three years ago. I was driving in a I have a pretty fast car because I like to drive fast. It actually slows me down to drive fast, if that makes sense. But um, I was driving and then I saw what this company would be. Um, and then I just floored the accelerator. I mean, floored it. Like, and I was by myself. Um, and like I just saw it. Like it just went. And the only other time I had felt that way is the first time I met my wife. Only other time. Um, we weren't driving. I was holding her hand. Um, 
we we our first date was in Chinatown in Chicago, and then we had lunch, and then I held her hand, and then I felt like that. That's the only other time. Only other time. So I'm like, oh, that's good. That's a good idea. That'll be a good company, or that'll be a good life. Um, but I can't build a SaaS platform. I won't build a SaaS platform. I you know can barely get on Zoom. I mean, <laughs> so I had to find a partner. And then um, also in strategic coach, very grateful to Dan Sullivan. Uh, and then there'd be no strategic coach if Dan hadn't met slash married uh, Bab Smith. Yeah. Okay. So I needed to find my Babs and I was talking to Dan about this during Abundance 360 virtually during COVID. I'm like, hey, I need to find my Babs. And he's like, no, no, the key is to have your Babs find you. I'm like, oh, that's a good idea. I'll do that. Um, so the strategic coach has a thing called an impact filter. It's like a tool you fill yeah. out uh, okay okay right that that was for your audience <laughs> so okay and then, know i know i feel yes. <laughs> congratulations yes Thank the you. uh you're welcome and then uh, uh so i filled that out um it was like for a 10-year vision thing which that's the only time i've ever filled one of those out because i don't live in years really i live in like well, we can talk about that if you want to, but, um, so I filled that out and then I started sending out to some people I knew. And one of them was Mark Fujiwara and he's a pure visionary, as you know, he's like, Oh, that's a good idea. Let's do that. Um, so he's the backstage visionary, just like Bab Smith is the backstage visionary. And then I, you know, I just like to connect people like us and then talk about that. Um, and then, um, we're both visionaries. So we needed, um, needed an integrator. And then my wife saw the, my wife is Sarah, who's a pediatrician. She saw, <clears throat> you know, two visionaries where there wasn't the final execution. She's like, Oh, Hey, what if I phased out of pediatrics and became CEO of the company? I'm like, Oh, okay, great. Go for it. Um, so that was like in May. And since she started, she's a machine. Um, she's a machine. I'm obsessed with her. I'm obsessed with all of you. Thanks. Um, and so, and truly the crazy thing is I, I never get in on the ground floor. I feel so grateful that I met you right when it was starting. Supposed to be. And, and that it's like, I know this is going to be massive. And I'll be like, oh yeah, yeah. No, right. I was actually part of the first, I was right. part of the people to join. Yeah. Um, truly, Thank truly. you. Very grateful for that. Um, very grateful for that. Um, and um, it's just a, it's a beautiful thing when, um, by the way, this is a byproduct of not believing in the F word um, or having delusional confidence. Um, when you just know, then you just know. But yeah. again, for me, that's very rare that that happens. Like it's almost never happens. And yeah. it's a gift when that happens. Um, it's a great gift. Well, we have got to wrap up because we've officially gone over the uh, the length that I give these. Is <laughs> there anything else <laughs> that I haven't asked you that you want to share or that, you know, people can find out how to reach you, how to find out more about Prepic, all of that? Uh, so I knew you would ask that question because uh, there are only two questions I ever asked. I've, I've interviewed tens of thousands of people as a journalist. And then this, the only two questions I ever always ask are one, who are your parents or grandparents? Because if you know where you come from, uh, uh, 
uh, then you know where you are and then you know where you're going. Most people don't know where they come from they don't, and they don't have no idea where they are and don't know where they're going. Um, and then the last question I always ask, is there something else you'd like to add, something else that would be good for this interview? Because many times um, someone wants to say something, but they were never presented in a way. So kudos to you for for doing that. I think this is the fourth time someone has ended the interview like that in thousands of interviews. So that's that shows very high level thinking and um and inclusion and empathy for really wanting to get the best out of um so i'd like i'd like to add that's a great way for anyone with any any discussion with anyone is a great way to end the discussion um 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 so well done um and and then landing the plane i hate doing it <laughs> this the site is breppicnetwork.org b-r-e-p-i-c network.org yep. well fantastic this has been a delight um thank you so much justin and thanks you guys for listening thanks for listening to fail your way to success now if there's anything i love more than a failure to success story it's a review so I hope you'll think about leaving one. For more information about the show, go to failyourway.com. And for more information about publishing a book about how you failed your way to success, or just to find out more about what I do, go to legacylaunchpadpub.com. <laughs>